Parshas Vayelech Shabbos Shuvah. In Naftarah, Shabbos Shuvah begins, Shuvah Yisrael ad Hashem elekecho. Return, Klal Yisrael until Hashem. Ad Hashem elekecho. That's the first Pasuk. The second Pasuk of Naftarah, Kruyimachem Dvarim, Veshuvu El Hashem. Take the words and return to Hashem. In English it sounds the same. But in Hebrew there's a different prefix used. In the first pasuk, it says, Ad Hashem Elekecha. In the second pasuk it says, Veshuvu El Hashem. What's the difference between if it would say Ad or if it would say El? And the aside is like that. We find similarly the same question in the Pashas Lachov and Pashas Nitzavim. The Pasuk says at the beginning of the Pash in Pasuk Beis, when all the evil that has been predicted has been fallen on you, Sayamim, Ad Hashem Then you'll return to Hashem. And notice the Lashon is Ad Hashem. And as a result of the initial trouble that people will do, Hashem will return to you, and He'll bring you back to Israel, and Hashem will heal your hearts to bring it to a stage where you serve Hashem properly. And the end of the parasha, Kitashov El Hashem Because then you'll return to Hashem. And here again, the first pasuk says Ad, the second pasuk says El. And we need to understand what's the difference between the pasuk Shiva Ad Hashem or Shiva El Hashem but before we understand that, let's learn together a very interesting Midrash. And the Midrash says that of all the Nevim who were chosen to exhort the Jewish people and convince them to the Judah, the first one was Hoshaya, the Navi whose Haftar we'll be reading tomorrow. Hoshaya ben Be'eri was from Shevet Ruvain. And the Midrash asks, why was Ruvain Zeicha to be the one in whose Shevet, the Navi who would be the first to exhort the Jewish people to Tshuva would come from in their ranks. And the Midrash answers, because Reuven was the first of the Shvatim to do Tshuva. Now obviously we have to understand what that means. What's the connection between the Tshuva that Reuven did and between the fact that his great-great-great-great-grandson Hoshea was a Admonishes the Jewish people to do Jehovah as well. So let's look together and learn the story of Reuven's Chait and Reuven's Jehovah. The Torah tells us a story that after Rachel Yimeinu dies, we know that each of the Yimais of each of the wives of Yaakov had their own tents. And Yaakov used to primarily stay in the tent of Rachel. That's where his clothing was, that's where his bed was. And following Rachel's death, so Yaakov moves into the tent of Bela. Bela was Rachel's servant. And Reuven, as the oldest son, as the first one of Leah, feels that this isn't correct. Even if Rachel was considered the primary one of Yaakov's wives, but then who would be second? 
who next deserves to be the one to host Yaakov in their tents? And Reuben felt that should be Leah. Leah was greater than Bela was. Leah was the primary wife of Yaakov. And therefore, Reuben felt that Yaakov had done the wrong thing by moving into the tent of Bela. By rights, what would the correct thing to do would have been to move into the tent of Leah. And therefore, Reuben takes the law into his own hands and Reuben moves Yaakov's bed out of the tent of Bela and into the tent of Leah. This was Reuben's Avera. And let's understand, what was the mistake Rebbe made? Of course, it's a chutzpah to involve himself in his father's affairs. Of course, he shouldn't have done something without discussing with Yaakov. He shouldn't have acted with any impetuousness. That's what Yaakov later on rebukes him for. But the question is, in the Cheshpun, was Rebbe right? Would it have been more appropriate for Yaakov to have moved into the tent of Leah? Wasn't she more deserving? Wasn't she on a greater level than Bila was? And the answer is, Reuben was right. If you're asking which of the Imois was the greatest Sitkanis, which one deserved, so to speak, to have Yaakov in their tent, then the answer would be Leah, once Rachel had died. So in the decision at that stage, I'll pee what's right, Reuben wasn't wrong. But then why Taka? Why did Yaakov move his tent into, Le- into the tent of Bila, not into the tent of Leah? And the answer is, Yaakov had a different cheshman. Yaakov missed Rachel. As the Apostle says, he loved Rachel more than anyone else. And Yaakov missed Rachel. And therefore being in the tent of Rachel's servants, maybe that's where Rachel's things were, it was reminiscent of Rachel. And therefore, it wasn't a question of who deserved to host Yaakov. There was an emotional aspect of it, where Yaakov wanted to be. We see this later in the Chazal as well. After Yosef has been sold into captivity, and the brothers go down to Egypt, and the king, who's really Yosef in disguise, tells them they have to bring your younger brother down with you. And Yaakov doesn't want to send Binyamin down. He says, he's the last reminder I have of Rachel. And if Chas something happens to Binyamin, then I've lost everything to do with Rachel. She was lifted, Yosef has been sold, and now Binyamin will be taken as well. So yes, Yaakov was looking for those things which would remind him of Rachel. And that was the depth of Ruben's mistake. He thought it was just a question of what's correct, what's logical, what deserves to be. He didn't take into account. There was also the aspect of why Yaakov did it. How Yaakov felt about it. 
And that was Reuben's chait. So we find Reuben does tshuva. And where does the Torah talk about Reuben doing tshuva? A few years down the line. When the brothers together decide that Yosef is conspiring against them, Yosef is being a moister to relay bad information to Yaakov about them, and therefore the brothers convene an ad hoc basin, and they decide that Yosef is Chayav Misa. And therefore, when Yosef comes to them in the fields of Dyson, they decide now is the time to implement the Epsak and to kill him. And Reuven stands up for Yosef. And Reuven says, let's not kill him, let's throw him into a pit. And like the apostle tells us, Reuven's intention was to return him to Yaakov. Now we have to ask the question, what was Reuven thinking? So we see from Chazal that the basin which together decided that Yosef is Chayav Mesa included Reuven. Reuven was also one of the opinions of that basin. And if that's the case, it must be that Reuven came to the conclusion also that Yosef is Chayav Mesa. But if that's the case, so we have to understand. So then why was Reuben against implementing the Psak? And the answer is, not because Reuben felt that Yosef didn't deserve to die. Reuben had another question. And that is, how is Yaakov going to feel about this? If the brothers decide to kill Yosef. How is Yaakov going to feel about it? And Reuben was sure that it would destroy Yaakov to hear that Yosef got killed. And therefore, he decided even though Yosef might be Chayav Misa, I'm going to make an effort to return him to Yaakov because I'm taking into consideration Yaakov's feelings. That was Reuben's truth. Reuben's mistake was he acted based on what he felt was right without taking into account the feelings of Yaakov Avinu. And Reuben's truth was that he took into account the feelings of Yaakov even though he felt differently about what was right. Now, let's just explain this a second. Does a basin have the right not to implement the Psak because someone's going to get hurt? Of course not. Basin are commanded to uphold the laws of the Torah. And if that's the case, we can't take other considerations into account at all. And if then, it needs a question, needs to be answered, so how could... Reuven choose to save Yosef if he was part of the basin who decided Yosef is Chayev? And the answer is that the domain of a basin to inflict punishment, which they instructed to do, is a basin which was appointed for that purpose, a basin of Klai Yisrael, the Sanhedrin. Whereas the brothers decided on their own to form a basin and to render a psak. They weren't nominated for that task and if that's the case no, the, the counter argument would be who, who appointed you to be, the, to be the one to judge and therefore even if they had came to such a psak Reuben could feel I'm not obligated to implement the psak and if he felt that therefore concern for Yaakov overrode what he felt was the right thing to do about Yosef that's what he decided to do and that's what Chazal told us that Reuben returned in Jerusalem he had fixed the mistake that he made. 
So now we've learned together the story of Reuven. Let's go back to the Midrash we began with. Reuven, because he was he was the first of the Jiva, he was merited that one of his descendants, Hesheya Hanavi, would be the first to instruct the Jewish people in Jiva. Let's look at the story of Hesheya Hanavi. The Gemara in Psachim tells us in the Fizayin HaMudalif that Hesheya was the greatest of the Nabiim in his dark. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes to Hesheya. And he says to him, Hesheya, Bonecha Chotu. Your dog, your, your disciples, the people that you're responsible for is the Godel, calls them your children, they've done a virus. So Hashem comes to complain to the Navi that his daughter has done a virus. And Hashem's answer was, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if that's the case, that they've done a virus, HaKhlifim Ba'umma Akhiris. So switch them for a different nation. You don't think that Kaisal deserve their status is Klai Yisrael. They're not living up to the responsibilities of the job. So find another nation to choose instead. Which is a very astounding thing to say. What was he thinking, Hashem? But Sakharish Baruch isn't pleased, obviously, with such a response. And the Gemara says, Hashem says, My answer is okay, Nazir. What should I do for this, this elder? Hashem still respected him. He's the god of the dark. But he's telling me to switch the dark for another nation? What he should have said, says the Gemara. These are your people. These are the children of the others. That's not what Hashem said. And therefore Hashem decides, the Gemara tells us to teach Hashem a lesson. He tells Hashem to take a certain lady as a wife. A lady of a very low spiritual level, not fitting for an Abi. Nevertheless, he's chosen to take her, he's instructed to take her as a wife, he does. And the pastor tells us they have three children together. Two boys and a girl. The boys are called Israel and Naomi, the girl is called Lerachama. And once they've established a family, Hashem comes back to the Navi. And he says to him, You know, Moshe Rabbeinu was on the level of Nevoah that in order to maintain a high level of the word, he separated from his wife. So maybe you should be doing the same thing. And it's, it's very difficult for me. I can't just give her up. We have children. We have a family together. And Hashem says to him, that you see that you yourself feel that for a wife, even if she's not deserving, you don't want to surrender her. So then why are you telling me to switch Klai Yisrael with another nation? And on that, the Apostle says that Hashem realizes he's done wrong and he starts to dive in for himself and for Klai Yisrael. What's the side of the mistake of Hashem? Hashem tells him, Klai Yisrael of sin, they don't deserve to have the status of the Amanivchar of the chosen nation because of the various that they've done. And Hashem's response, if that's the right thing to do, then switch them with somebody else. 
If they no longer deserve the merit, they don't deserve it. They don't deserve it. And if they don't deserve it, then they find a nation which does deserve it. In other words, the factor which should make the decision of whether the client shall deserve or don't deserve to be the Amman Yifchad, well, that's basis on what we see that they're doing. And HaKadosh Baruch doesn't like that answer. Not necessarily because the Jewish people deserve it. Even when they don't. Because the Bnei Avram Yitzhak Yaakov. HaKadosh Baruch loves us. And if that's the case, even if we don't deserve the privilege of being the Amman Hashem doesn't want to exchange us. And that's his time on Hashem Anabi. The Hashem thinks it's just the question of what's the best decision to make, the right and the wrong. He's meant to understand is the second factor here too. And if you understand it, Hashem is repeating the mistake of Rubin. Just here it's in relation to taking into account the way HaKadosh Baruch feels, as it were. As opposed to the way that Yaakov, you know, a human being felt. And therefore Hashem teaches Hashem a lesson. And the lesson to Hashem is, you're going to be put in the same position. Get married, have children, raise a family. And now Hashem comes and tells him, the right thing to do would be to separate from your wife. You want to achieve a high level of Nebo? You want to emulate Moshe Rabbeinu? That would be the right thing to do. And Hashem is answer, Hashem is hard for me. Not that it's not the right thing to do, but I feel close to this lady. I've married her, we have children together. Any And Hashem says, ah, so now you're beginning to understand. Now you're beginning to understand. There's a concept of HaKadosh Baruch also. Any He doesn't want to give up on Yisrael. Even if we don't deserve. And that's the point that Hosea now understands, similar to Ruben. And that is, that there's an aspect which has to be taken into consideration also, and that is the person's feeling. Now, this is something which we find the Novi Yirmiya describes at length. Do Klai Yisrael always deserve to be accepted in Shiva? Possibly not. But the fact that which Hashem does accept us in Shiva, the Pasuk tells us, Shamaya Shamati Ephraim is no dead lemur. I've heard the stirrings of Shiva by Ephraim, the, way, the wayward nation of Klai Yisrael. But after all the wrong I've done, I've begun to regret what I did. Do they deserve to be re-accepted? No. Hashem himself says this. He says, Habayn yakirli Ephraim. Was Ephraim such a special son? Was he so close and so precious that he deserves to be remembered? That can be because Kimidei Dabri boy Zohar Even if he doesn't. But the more Hashem thinks about us, the more he remembers us. What moves Hashem to accept us is the feeling he has for us. 
Hamu Menes, I think my insights yearn for him. Rachem Rachamen and Hamashem. There's a fact of how Kodesh Baruch feels. And that's an important part of why Hashem accepts us in Jubba. Ruvain was the first to, through his Shiva, understand this point. Hashem understood it too, through the message Hashem showed him. And therefore, he could be the one to foretell Shiva. To foretell Shiva, because what's needed for Shiva is not that a person deserves to the Shiva or that deserves that his Shiva should be accepted. It could be he doesn't. But there's a side of what HaKadosh Baruch Hu feels. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to do Jehovah. And that's what the Navi carries on. After Kaisal returned return to Hashem, Hashem's response, I will heal them for what they went astray. I will voluntarily love them. It might not be deserved, it's an Adobah. Because HaKadosh Baruch does love us. But let's look at a deeper point here too. We saw before, and we were surprised, by Hashem's attitude to Hashem's question, what should I do with him? And Hashem's response, which doesn't seem to make sense to us, change it for a different nation. Hashem really meant that? He saw no value to keeping Klal Yisrael as Amar Nivchar. The Balei Musa explained it differently. Hashem didn't really mean that Hashem is going to switch Klal Yisrael for someone else. Hashem's response to Hashem was, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if you feel that the Jewish people are unworthy, the Jewish people are doing a various they don't deserve to be the Amar Nivchar, Hashem, go and look and see if you can find somebody else. Who's a better candidate for being the Amar the Plishtim, the people of Babel, the people of Mitzrayim. See if you will find somebody who will do a better job. And you yourself will understand that there's no one that can compare to Kaisra. Israel. To make it something we can relate in today's terms, the time is on the door. The things we're not doing right. And if someone would approach the God and say, you know what, Klai Yisrael don't really deserve the status of being the Amar Nefchar. They're missing Zavayn Kriyashma. The arguments between Jews. They don't do enough chesed. If somebody would respond, who's doing a better job? The Goyim are getting up early for some reason? In place of Krishna. They're not fighting with each other, their fights end in bloodshed. And if that's the case, so what was the objection Hashem took to what Hashem said? What Hashem said is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you'll see that they're the best because there's nobody else, there's no alternative. So what didn't Hashem like about that? And the answer is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't want Klai Yisrael to be the Amar Nivchar Bediyavet. But because there's nobody better, so you're the least bad option. That describes a sense of 
Yush. The sense of there's no alternative. That's not what Hashem wants. Hashem wants Kla Yisrael to be the Manifcha Lechatchila. Because that's what He wants, not because He doesn't have an alternative. And if that's the case, so Hashem's answer didn't tap into the fact that Hashem loves us. It was a logical answer. That you're at least bad bet. And that's what HaKadosh Baruch came to show him. Any Yachal. Just like you, Yashay, can say, you can't give up on your wife and your children. So take that into account also. Hashem doesn't want to give up on Kaisra. And now we come back to answer the question we began with. What's the difference in Hebrew if we say Ad, like the first Pasuk Shev Yisrael, Ad Hashem Rekecho, or we say El? And the answer is Ad means towards a goal but it's very far away. Just like in Hebrew we have a destination is a Ya'ad the place I want to get to Ad to there but it's very far away from me. It's just a destination I've set out on a journey to reach. By the Akedah and Avram tells the two Na'orim who accompanied him to stay behind, Vani Vana Nelcho Adkoi. We'll go Ad until there. It's far away. El replies to, but to something which I arrive at, something which is close. Going back to the Akedah, Vayovoyo El Hamokon. Eventually arrive to the place. They get there. And that's the Yisrael here too. Tshuva starts from a place of distance. From a place of being far away. But from that far away place. At the end of time, at the end of everything Klai Shul's experience, it says to us, Set out on the journey of return. With the final point, the destination in mind being arriving back to Hashem and then the Parashat Shiva takes us through all the stages which are necessary until, until at the end, Kitashav El Hashem Melekech. Until you've arrived. You've come close to Hashem. And Nebuah Vesheh starts the same way. From a point of distance, Shiva Yisrael, Ad Hashem Melekech. Return from afar, towards the destination of coming close to Hashem. That's the starting point. And the continuation, Take the, do the tshuva which is necessary. Take the words. One needs to say the words of Vidui, the words of Ritzui. Until el Hashem. Until you come close to Hashem. But the Chiddush is, that we understand for the persons at the stage of tshuva, but he's arrived back home. He's come back close to Hashem. His tshuva is accepted. What about the tshuva of the person who's so far away and has just begun to do tshuva? And the chiddush is, that tshuva is accepted too. Not because it's deserved. The person is still very, very far away. But, because... Tshuva as Tshuva is Mo'ira the Rechem of Hashem. 
Like we saw in the Pasuk, the result of that Shiva, Hashem says, Ayavim Nedava. Ephraim, the Navi Yirmi tells us, begins the stirrings of Chiva and feels that must have made mistakes. And already he's a Ben Yakir. He's treated like a beloved son. It arouses Hashem's Rachmim for us. And that's the starting point of Yirmi too. May Rachoy Kashem nearly. From a distance Hashem appears to me. When I'm beginning the process of Chiva, from the depths of the depravity that I've sung to, from being dispersed into forgotten corners of the globe. So I'm doing Chiva from a point of being very far away. I'm doing Chiva that Hashem sees very distant. But nevertheless, the apostle carries on. But Hashem loves us with an everlasting love. The Yisrael of Tshuva, the Chiddush of the Navi Heshea. And this is what he got as Yerusha from his ancestor Shevet Reuven. Is that Tshuva doesn't depend on whether it's deserved. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's feeling for us is that he always wants us back. And therefore we can always be doing Tshuva.